0: You're listening to the Lompoc Foursquare Church podcast. Well, we're talking about growing, and this is a year that we have committed to say, let's, let's grow deeper in the Lord. We talked about uh, setting smart goals for the, for the brand new year, not resolutions, but goals. We've talked about the fact that the Lord wants us to grow deep and strong, and one of the ways is that we would allow the Holy Spirit to help us grow love and joy. Last week, we talked about this thing called worry, anxiety. Remember that? And whenever we move into anxiety, one thing we find is it becomes about us. My problem, my pain, my issue, woe is me. And it's hard for us to embrace the greatness of God when we're dealing with the weeds of worry. And speaking of weeds, I did some research to find out that there's lots of weeds out there. I mean, I did some Googling on weeds. Now, you have to put W-E-E-D-S. If you leave off the S, it will take you a whole nother place. But the characteristics of weeds... They are these plants that grow unwantedly, prolific and persistent. They interfere with agricultural operations. They increase labor costs. They reduce crop production and yields. Weeds compete with the crop plants for water, for light, nutrients, and space. And then I found this. It'll preach. Weeds sleep. Weed seeds can go dormant for years and they're in a comatose state, and all of a sudden, we rototill, or we dig too deep. And one gardening website said, be careful that you don't agitate the soil too much, because that might give permission to one of those comatose weed seeds to say, hey, hello world, I get to sprout and grow and grow create baby weed seeds everywhere. And and you know about this about weeds. They don't stay in boundaries. Our our house, Debbie and I worked really hard at getting rid of our weeds and our crabgrass. I mean, we were vigilant. We'd be gone. Turf builder plus two. That's the weed preventer. But since our lawn goes right into our neighbor's lawn, he decided he wasn't going to deal with his weeds. And we have no boundary, no concrete, nothing between, just, just, and all of a sudden, his weed said, hmm, look at the Fettermans. One weed said to another weed, I heard it one night in the middle of the night. They killed our cousins. I think they killed Grandpa. And they all started to proliferate to our part of the yard. You know there are Christians who say uh there's stuff down deep in me I'd rather not deal with it. But when you get agitated, when the pressure is on, when life becomes troublesome, those little seeds that you thought were dormant, those little things in your life you thought you had victory over, those little anger moments or when he's snoring you want to take the pillow and whack him, huh? All of a sudden, what was dormant comes to life. And here's what I'd like you to hear. If you don't hear me say much more, get this. There's about three things you've got to hear today. The first one is when the psalmist says, David, in Psalm 51, Search me, Lord. See if there's any wicked way in me. I would ask you, as a fellow brother in Christ, as someone who's on a journey of faith like you are, to invite the Holy Spirit to search your soul. Are there any dormant weeds in me, Lord, that might come popping up in the next six months, eight months, ten months, or ten years? Is there anything inside of me that I've not dealt with, any issues that I've not dealt with, any issues from the past that I keep carrying into the future? And some people actually like their weed seeds. They put them in little shrines and look at my weeds. We become comfortable with them. But where the weeds grow, we find that the fruit of the Spirit gets choked out. I read to you a few weeks ago from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, and I also call it the weed chapter. Because it says that there shouldn't be envy and, and pride and arrogance and scorekeeping. Those are weeds. And I would challenge you again to look at 1 Corinthians 13 and say, God, are any of these weeds resident inside me? And if you're gutsy enough, ask your wife, your husband, your brother, your sister, your parents, your friend, your grandkids. You say, do I have any of these weeds in my life? And then put on your helmet and your big girl pants and say, Let it let it rip. Let it rip fellowship right here. We're ready for it. Because if we want to grow, we we have to be honest and we have to invite the search of the Lord. We said last week in Philippians 4, 5 and 7 rejoice in the Lord always, and I'll say it again rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is where? Near. Near. And we talked about that He's not just near us, but His deliverance is near, His rescue is near, His peace is near. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the what? The peace of God, which we fully don't understand. It's beyond our understanding. It'll keep you from losing your heart and from losing your mind. But notice that last word, in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. So as you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, A very important uh, chapter. I need a volunteer this morning. Anybody? Anybody want to volunteer? Ray Walker, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Ray's one of our leaders in the Daniel Plan, and he always volunteers for anything. So sorry, some of you others were wanting to come up here. Uh, We've not spoken before, right, Ray? Good. Nothing on my sleeve or yours, right? Now, Ray, I have to tell you this. Brag about Ray. The last couple of years, Ray has really gotten in shape, man. This guy, he's always been in shape, but now he's really in shape. And uh, so Ray, I guess float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. That's good that you're getting limber, Ray, because uh, why don't you just jog for a moment, show us how you do it. And I'll, I'll be back later. Check on you. <laughs> So the Bible says we are to run our race, right? Uh, Hebrews tells us that. The word race in the Greek is A-G-O-N, agon, from where we get agony. Run the race that God has planned for you. Uh, Literally, run the agony ahead of you. So after about three hours, he will be in agony. And so will you if I preach that long. But what happens in life is, well... There's pressure that comes to us, and this is a, a, a big three-pound weight. Anybody have ladies, men, big guys, three-pounder? Pound, three no problem. No problem at all, right? This is a, what's this, a five? Five. Nothing, right? Five? You got five? Look at that. Pastor B, out of shape, I got five. Look at that. Are you ready? Awesome. Notice I'm not jogging, however, but now he's got a five, he's got a three, equals, ain't no thing. And there's Ray Walker, he's doing his thing. He's got, maybe he's got the sniffles, two pound. Maybe he's got a traffic jam, five pound. No, no big deal. But now I've got this 25 pounder, and I want to confess to you, I think this is lying, because I helped Ray take this from the car into the church this morning. This weighs a lot more than 25 or is it because I'm out of shape? I don't know what. It... Hey, hey, look at that. Ah, oh, no problem. But now, Ray, come on, 25, buddy. Go, oh, keep jogging. You're not jogging. You got to keep jogging. Now, right here, we got a 33 in the third. It's not made of vinyl, huh? Huh? Here. Uh. Uh. No, you gotta keep going, man. You gotta get to work. You gotta love your wife. Help me, go. You gotta love God. Uh You gotta lead our Daniel plan. Come on. You need some help. Oh, I'm gonna need some help. Now watch, now watch, 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 watch this. He needs some help. See? See? See what I'm doing? Notice how none of you came forward. I gave you a chance. (laughs) Not one of the LFC members came forward. None of our elders or our leaders. But but oh by the way. By the way, oh come on. Thank you. Here. Here. Oh, yeah. All right. Better? Much better. Okay, thank hang you. on a second. Now I'm not God. Oh thank, but, thank oh, thank you. But these these weights represent stuff that Ray was never intended to carry. God did not design. Look how free he looks over here. Okay? Now, thank you, Ray. Give it up for Ray. Come on. Now, what I want you to understand, by the way, once the weights got lifted, you saw how it it felt easier, right? You ever wear a weight belt and go walking, ankle weights? See, you guys, it's okay to respond. Even me, out of shape, I got ankle weights when I go walking. And then when you take them off your feet, you feel like you're walking on a moon, right? There's something about a lightness that comes when you let go. But, but understand this, until Ray said help, well, none of you came forward. But until he said, until he said help, he was lifting everything by himself. The psychologists call this stress contamination. Well, there's just too much on your life, and you were never intended to carry it all. No one in here can be the Messiah of the world. There was only one, and his name is Jesus. And yet, there are people who live with the Messiah complex. I will heal everybody. I will help everybody. And then there's other people who live with the the spirit of the victim. They're always being victimized. Whoa, woe is me. Worry and anxiety. And guess what they do? They take on more weight than they were ever intended to carry. That's why First Peter, you, you still stay in Second Corinthians 1. 1 Peter 5, 7, and 8 says, throw all your anxiety onto him because he cares about you. Be clear-headed and keep alert. Why is he asking us to be clear headed? Why is he asking us to be alert? Because we need to identify the weights that become too much for us and call them what they are. Lord, I shouldn't be carrying this. I should be trusting in you and believing in you. Now, I want you to see a passage of scripture, and this is the second thing. If you don't get anything out of the message, get this one. This is the Bible. This isn't me, this is the Bible. Second Corinthians 1, 8 and 9: "We do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters about the troubles we experience. It is not a sin to communicate your troubles to someone else. It's not a sign of being stoic to keep everything to yourself. I think excuse my Latin word, I think it's a sign of stupidity to keep all your problems to yourself. Now, if you put them on Facebook, and tell, oh another story. Paul is saying, look, we have experienced incredible troubles in the province of Asia. And watch what he says. We were under great pressure. There was a weight upon us far beyond our ability to endure, like Ray running here with the weights all by himself. So that we despaired of life itself. Now, this is not Paul saying that he and his team are suicidal. This is Paul and his team saying, we questioned why are we alive? Why is this happening to us? I can tell you as a pastor and a chaplain, I've been in many situations where people say this, why me? Why did God take my spouse? Why did God take my kid? Why are we unable to have children? Why are and you start questioning life. And then you go back To Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, and and peace. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. It feels like we're dying here. You know, David, in one passage of the Bible, in uh, 2 Samuel, he says, I feel like the cords of death are around my neck. And I'm being weighted down so much like I'm drowning in an ocean of despair. And Paul is saying, what happens to me feels like I'm dying. But this happened that we might not, what? Rely on ourselves, but on God. I'm not saying God causes every weight to be on your life, every trouble to be on your life every pressure to be on your life. But Paul is saying, we're going through hell and high water here because God's reminding us that we don't rely on ourselves. But notice how he ends it. We rely on the God who raises the dead. Our focus is on our drowning. Our focus is on our problems. But in your notes, would you write this down? In our pressures, we must not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Ray would eventually, if I put the 45 on him and put the stool on his head, he would eventually at some point, great a guy he is, great a shape he is, he would eventually at some point collapse under too much stress contamination. But listen, God specializes in heavy weights that are upon our lives, and he never runs from our pain. He never runs from our crisis, he never runs when we're overwhelmed, he never runs when we don't know what to do or we find ourselves in a place of indecision. People get confused with the fruit of self instead of the fruit of the Spirit. And many of you, I'm looking around, many of you are, are competent at what you do. Some of you are leaders, some of you are commanders, some of you are educators, some of you own your own business. Some of you are independently wealthy. Please see me after the service. (laughs) And you didn't get there because you're not smart. You didn't get there because you're not competent. And sometimes that can hurt us. Because we're so good, we, we rely on ourselves. But we are told here that it's not the fruit of self, it's the fruit of the Spirit which is a welcoming of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we need him more and more and more because you cannot carry weights that you were never created to carry. I looked at amazon.com and and hit the book section and typed in the word peace. And I found over 152,000 books on how to help yourself find peace. I had to stop I had to stop counting all the little parentheses and there were books for single parents and there were books for people with one leg and there were books for for people that uh, you know had addictions and a book for there were a book for the LGBTQIA community on how to have peace there was books for people that lost a loved one I found a book entitled <clears throat> Inner Peace for Busy People and the subtitle said 52 techniques to find peace in your life. Well, if you're already busy, you don't have time for 52 (laughs) techniques. Come on. And all of these books said you can give yourself peace. And Jesus lets us know that you can't. That peace is not the fruit of self, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. And that's why we keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25, after he gives us the fruit of the Spirit, he says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And I looked at that word, and the word means to march in step. It's a military term. Someone's leading out in front, and you're walking with them. This is what the Holy Spirit's doing, and this is where he's going, and you're going with him. But I love this other word I found. I never saw it before. It says, As you follow the Spirit, you dance. Now, I'm not a good dancer. Don't worry. I'm not going to do anything. This uh, Thursday, last Thursday, our kids' dance team uh, started to gather, and they were in there in five, six, seven, eight right, right, left, left. I was trying to follow. One of the dads was there, and I motioned to him, You go. And he looked at me, You, you, you first. I I have danced before the Lord, but no one's here when I do it. And he thinks I'm good. Don't tell him I'm not. Could you imagine living your life in such a way that you follow the Holy Spirit and it's celebratory? I'm dancing. I'm cheering. I'm moving forward. So what do you turn to when, when the pressure is on? I officiated yesterday in this very room a a funeral, and I drew the uh, attention of the 220 people that were here to to John 14, and I'd like you to, to look there if you would, John 14. It's the last words of Jesus, John 14, 15, and 16. And in those chapters, he's telling the followers of his, the disciples, I'm about to leave you Now, if you know you were leaving and you're out of here in a short period of time, the words that you would share with your loved ones would be probably the most important words. And no offense to anybody, you wouldn't care about a Super Bowl or what kind of guacamole you're making. If you knew you were going to die next Monday, I don't think you'd care. You'd want everybody to know the most important things to you and how you lived your life and how you wanted them to live going forward. He tells them they're going to be persecuted. They're going to be under pressure. He tells them things are not going to go well for them. He tells them, I am leaving you physically. Now remember, this is the Jesus that took the little boy's lunch, fishes and loaves, fed the multitudes. They watched him spit in the dirt and heal the blind guy. They they, they watched him raise the dead, And they're wondering now, What are we going to do when you leave? And Jesus says in John 14, verse 1, Don't be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Well, Lord, you just told us we're going to have trouble. Now you're telling us don't be troubled. You're telling us we're going to have problems, but not to worry. And they're starting to wonder what he's saying. Well, he says, I won't leave you as orphans, verse 8, I will come to you. Then in verse 27, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I give to you not as the world gives. Don't be troubled or be afraid. I give you a peace that the world can't give. And all of us, when we're under pressure, have our coping mechanisms, don't we? Some of us nap. Some of us want to watch a funny movie. Some of us want to be with others. Some of us want to be alone. Some of us want to eat. Some of us like to eat when we're under stress. Did you know some of us like to eat when we're under stress? <laughs> <laughs> some people want to go shopping. It's called retail therapy, which creates its own stress after you can't pay the bills. You, you, you got it. Some people go out to the Chumash Casino because they know they're going to win the new Mercedes this month. Nothing against the casino. <clears throat> Nothing against it. I just know a lot of people who lose a lot and lie a lot. I won $5,000 last month, Pastor. And her husband said, yeah, she won five grand." Took her twenty-five dollars to do it. You do the math. Okay, coming back. And Jesus goes on to say in John 16, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It's important or expedient for me that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart from you, I will send him to you. See, Jesus promises us in our notes the peace and the comfort, but does not promise us peacefulness and total comfort. We are not immune to pain. We are not immune to the pressures of life. But when the pressures come, we need to make sure that we're relying on the Holy Spirit and allowing him to be in us and to touch our lives. Now, John 16, here it is. I've told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have what? Trouble. trouble. But don't be troubled. He just said, don't worry. Don't be troubled in your trouble. Because I'm greater than your trouble. I've overcome the trouble. So when the trouble comes, don't be troubled. That's what he's saying. And I'm sitting there, if I'm a disciple, because these guys are not the best, you know, smartest, they're not the, the brightest bulbs, and they're not the best fishermen at all, because every time you find them in the Bible, they're mending their necks. They're actually not fishing. Read it. And Jesus walked up on it. They were mending their nets. What are you guys doing? Mending our nets. When are you going fishing? I don't know, after we mend our nets. Next day, what are you doing? Mending your net. I'm telling you, read, read the Gospels. And, and, and so if Bernie was a disciple, Bernie would have said this, okay, Lord, excuse me, I have a question. What's your question, Bernie? You told us we're going to have trouble, but not to be troubled. Isn't like troubled a derivative of trouble? You told us to be at peace, but you said that there would be unpeaceful moments. See, we're not immune from the problems of this world. It's like, duh, I woke up and came to church. For you to tell me that? But but I want you to to see, number one, that when the pressure is on, the Holy Spirit's on our side. He's there to help you with the weights. When life is hardest, and some of you know this, that's when He's closest. That's when you find Him. And you find Him, listen, when you finally say, I surrender to you, Jesus. See, we could preach about peace all day long, and people could go home and say, that's really cool. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, you'll never have the Holy Spirit of Peace in your soul. He won't be there with you. So here's what we all need to do. We all need to make sure that we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we've confessed him with our lips, that he died on the cross, and he rose again from the dead. That's why Paul says we rely on the one who raises the dead. And we walk after him or we follow after who he is. He said in John 14, 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. My peace I give you. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Troubled, but not troubled. John 14, 27. Don't let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I'm going to send you a counselor. I'm going to send you a comforter. (laughs) Nevertheless, John 16, 7, I'm repeating this verse. I tell you the truth. It's important that I leave because if I don't go, then he can't come. See, Jesus could only be one place at one time, God in the flesh, but the Holy Spirit could be everywhere. Uh, this morning early, I, I texted one of my friends who's in the San Fernando Valley. I said, I'm praying for you today. And he texted back, I'm praying for you too. Right now, he's in his uh, closing up his first service. And while I'm preaching here, and he's preaching there, the Holy Spirit's with both of us. And I've heard him preach. He needs the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, all of us do. Come on. I'm being funny. Jesus could be with the disciples, but catch this. But the Holy Spirit would now live in them. When you read the Old Testament, Abraham, God was with Abraham. Joseph, God was with Joseph. Noah, and God was with Noah. Moses, and God was with... Just just read the Old Testament. Read the Christmas story. Emmanuel, God... With us. But once you come to the book of Acts, all the way through the book of Revelation, it's no longer God with us, it's God in us. Paul says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Christ was already gone. But he knew that the Holy Spirit could bring Christ to us and live in us and be with us and be our peace. Instead of with, it is now in And Jesus is speaking to somebody today that you need to understand something that you're not an orphan, that you're not alone, that God has not left you alone, that God didn't say, hey, big boy, big girl, deal with the weights of life on your own. No, I am with you. Matter of fact, I am so close to you that I'm inside of you. You ever been overwhelmed? See, nobody. See? God, there you go. Nobody. <laughs> i got to raise my hand. Uh, the, other, the other night, I was overwhelmed. Uh, I do chaplain work. Uh, some of you heard about a crash in our city and a young man, Juan Medina, who lost his life. And uh, Keith McClellan, who's a chaplain from our church as well, um, we got called to go to the family. While well, everybody was Facebooking about it and driving by and wonder why O Street was closed. I had to walk up and hug his mother. There's Listen, there's nobody in that moment who's equipped or trained to do that. So I'm following the police car to this resident, and uh, Heath is in the car with the officer, and we're going up, and I parked down the street because the crowd had already gathered at their home. And the brother's there, the young man who passed away, and the neighbors are all there. And Facebook's blowing up, and Twitter's tweeting, and texts are brrr, brr, brr, and everybody's starting to come. And I'm at the end of the block, and I start walking up, and I'm just by myself while the crowd's down there, and I simply said, uh, Holy Spirit, where are you? Good prayer, huh? And I I heard the the whisper. I'm in you. Okay. And as you walk up to the house, I'll be with you. You will bring me into the house. And anybody else who knows me already has me inside them too. And you'll be able to discern who they are. Copy that. <laughs> A young lady walked up. I had my chaplain jacket on. Pastor Bernie, so glad you're here. I love the Lord. Oh, good. One of us. Huh? <laughs> I knew the Holy Spirit was inside her in the middle of the chaos. Was that that trouble? Was that, excuse my Latin, sucks to be us? Young man loses his life, not supposed to happen. Family, neighbors, friends, first responders, the list goes on. The ripple effect, lots of people impacted by this. But in the trouble, I wasn't troubled. I'm giving you a, for instance, real-life story. In the trouble, I wasn't troubled because I heard the whisper assuring me of what Jesus said. I won't leave you alone. I will be with you. The Greek word for Holy Spirit, where Jesus says, I'll send the Spirit, the Comforter to you, is literally translated, the one who draws up alongside you the one who carries you, and the one who brings his peace into you because he lives in you. He walks beside you when you're at the cemetery at the gravesite. He walks beside you when the kid in your class at school is a knucklehead and picks on you, or when the boss is a pain in the elbow, or you want the marriage to work, and it's not. You fill in the blank. Wherever you feel undue pressure or undue weight, you could say, Lord, I can't handle this. And he'll say, I got it. I'm your spotter. Don't you dare drop that on your foot. Don't you dare drop that on your, on your neck, like a friend of mine years ago laying on the weight bench. Drop the weights right here. (gasps) Because he was too embarrassed to ask for a spotter. The Holy Spirit is the one who carries us. Because the Holy Spirit is with me, I'm not weathering the storm on my own, I'm not fighting the battle on my own. Isn't that good news? There is a weight that is the pressure of the fruit of the flesh and the weeds in your garden. But there is a lift, and there is an enlightenment, and there is a lightness to the fruit of the Spirit that's being produced in and through your lives. And some people want to blame God for everything that happens to them. Some people want to push God away when we need Him the most, when He wants to be closest to us. But here's what we need to say every day. Holy Spirit, I surrender myself afresh. And whatever your responsibilities are, as friends, neighbors, parents, leaders, commanders, what teachers, whatever your responsibility is, married couples, grandparents, guardians, whatever your weight is, where you say, apart from Jesus, I can't do this, and apart from the Holy Spirit, coming deep within my soul, I invite you. And whether it's a chair that you have or a, or a war room, as it were, a prayer room, or you're driving 10 and 2, Holy Spirit, I welcome you today. to Whatever I will face, whatever is going to happen to me this day, that I would bring you, Holy Spirit, in every situation and circumstance of life. Number two, when the pressure is on, the Holy Spirit teaches you what God wants you to do. In John 14, 26, he says, But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Now, I used to quote this verse in college. (laughs) Lord, help me remember what I learned, because the test is coming tomorrow. (laughs) And I would sleep and pray for the spirit of osmosis. I'd have the book under my pillow. (laughs) Lord, may it transfer into my brain, you know. Of course, the Lord can't remind you what you haven't learned, but He can teach you. He can teach you all things. He can teach you how to live life. He can be one who will remind you of scriptures that maybe you forgot or you learned at a VBS or a song you sang at a youth camp when you were a kid. And remarkably, maybe even one of my sermons over the years will come back and get you in the night. <laughs> one of the greatest contributing factors to pressure is indecision. I don't know what to do. You don't know what to do. And that's when we call on the Lord to teach us. That's why I tell you, make sure you're getting the Bible in every day. Pray and read your Bible, folks. I mean, pray and read your Bible. Even if it's a few minutes, just get the word in your heart. Because if it's not here, he can't remind you of it. If it's not here, he can't remind you of it. One of the greatest uh, things I have found in my life, I I like gadgets. But one of the greatest things I have found in my life is something called GPS. (laughs) Especially if I have to go to L.A., because you have to go left to go right. You get on five one-way streets so you can finally make a right turn. It's crazy. And I love when the GPS tells you, when Siri tells you, when Google Maps tells you, when one of our beautiful satellites that Team Vandenberg has launched for us that bless us with GPS coordinates. Thank you, guys. Turn right at the next exit. Ah. Isn't that great? Good. Thank you so much. Again, you guys, hey, hey, But isn't it great? No, forget it. It's great. And I don't want to, I don't want to like desanctify the Holy Spirit, but he's that internal GPS that says, go this way. Go that way. Don't let that kid play with your kid. I wonder why. Just listen to me. I know his parents. You don't. I know what they say behind closed doors. You don't. You ever have your needles go off when you're around somebody? You just think that's women's intuition. Or you just think that's your wisdom. The Holy Spirit will give us this gift of discernment where you know, danger, danger. I wonder what that's about. Just believe it. Just believe it. What should I do, Lord? We'll call on the Holy Spirit to lead you, guide you, and to help you. Before I finish, and you know I've got more to say, but uh, it's snow day, and I've got to get you out in one minute. By the way, we don't know how many are coming. No RCP. Uh, it was on KCOI, uh, Weekend Picks. Uh, there's posters all around town. I've heard that teachers at school haven't told their entire classrooms to come. Uh, could be 500, could be 2,000. I have no idea. We've not done this before. You're having, you're having a party at your house. How much food do you prepare for? We don't know. We don't know who's coming. How many hot dogs do we We don't know. All I know is it's free snow, and free popcorn, free coffee, free hot cocoa, and free food to all military with active uh, ID. Oh, how many are coming? I don't know. How many shares on Facebook? Hundreds. People coming over from Orca, Builton, San Inez. How many are coming? I don't know. What does that have to do with the sermon? Nothing. But I know who knows. So we will trust him and pray for people to be patient. After all, it's free. And when it's free, people get a little uppity. If you charge them, it's not so bad. I don't know why that is. So we're closing the sermon out somehow. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you lately? What weeds? Is He trying to help you pull out of your garden? What dormant seeds does He know that if you don't get rid of those seeds in a month, six months, six years, you're going to have a weed infestation? Last fill-in. What is the Holy Spirit trying to teach me? That's you. Where is He guiding me? And how am I responding to Him? Where is He guiding me? How am I responding to Him? You were never intended... That's heavy now, Ray. You were never intended to carry certain weights in life. The peace of God that passes all understanding is reserved for those who believe in Christ and who confess their need to Him. We sang that song that... that Now to the one who's able to do more than we ask or think. We have to ask. We have to trust. Thank you for listening to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. To find out more about Lompoc Foursquare Church or to watch us live online, please visit mylfc.com.